In this brutally honest special episode, we focus on living a warrior lifestyle. Only 1% of men make it to this elite level, and the men that make it into this category, they're known as modern-day warriors. Our special guest today is one badass man who embodies the warrior mindset in all facets of his life. Pat McNamara is a retired United States Army Delta Force operator. He's a world-renowned firearms instructor. He's the owner of Tactics, Marksmanship, Adventure, Concepts, and Security, and a very powerful fitness motivator with hundreds of thousands of followers from around the globe. Join us and uncover these key elements that compose living a warrior life, such as focusing on fundamentals, range theatrics, the warrior mindset, functional fitness, health, the fire in your gut, today's society, adversity, overcoming obstacles, pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone, and so much more. Stand by. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War Movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Rise and night, my brothers. Welcome back to the Man of War podcast. My name is Rafa Conde, and I am your host. For those that are new to this show, I want to say welcome. I am truly honored to have you on board with us, and I'm going to give you a quick glimpse of what we do here and what this podcast is about. We are a raw, no-bullshit podcast that focuses on living the warrior lifestyle. My mission is simple. It is to bring you the tools that you need to live a successful and powerful life that embodies the warrior spirit. My ultimate goal in each episode is to bring you powerful and dynamic content that will strengthen your mindset, your confidence, and your courage, all while motivating the shit out of you to take action. This show is geared for warrior-minded men in all walks of life. I don't give a shit what you do for a living. You can get something out of this show. It is specifically for those that are sick and tired of the crappy-ass podcast out there by some pimple-faced kid that wants to claim he's a mindset coach. Or for that matter, some bullshit artist that's selling you the newest get-rich gimmick. No bullshit here. We are straight shooters and we talk from the heart. We dig way deeper than that. The reality is that in life, you must earn your stripes. I'm going to teach you how to have the drive of a fucking lion and the tenacity and fortitude to achieve whatever you want to do in life. You just have to apply what you learn here. You got to take action. Now, I'll tell you what. I've been in situations and seen the shit that's out there. Most people have no clue about it. Trust me. I've tasted victory and have crashed many, many times in my life. What kept me in the game was my perseverance and my warrior mindset. 
each time that I bounced back, I became stronger. And I want to help you learn from my experiences by integrating what you learn here to your lives. That's the bottom line. My goal is simple. It is for you to connect with a modern day warrior archetype by implementing the principles and strategies from each show. All right, a quick order of business here. Please stop by forgingawarrior.com. Check out the Warrior Development Academy. See how hundreds of warrior-minded men like yourselves are part of this network and this community. I'm giving you two weeks for free. This is filled with online training sessions. It is filled with tremendous amount of resources, webinars, you name it, you got it. Go check it out at forgingawarrior.com. Also, grab your free manual uh, right now at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. Absolutely free. A bunch of great content. I believe it's about 15 or 16 pages. You're going to love it. A great read to set you on the warrior's path. All right. Last but not least, and this is very important, please, if you enjoy this show, I bring you this show every single week, twice a week. Um, I give you everything that I have from inside. I speak from the heart. I give you relevant content and very, very deep, thought-provoking guests. Now, all I'm asking you here is just give us a subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to. Also, leave us a review. That is our bloodline. That is how we maintain our high level, in, especially in iTunes, and we get rated higher that way so other individuals, other warrior-minded men could start listening to the show and our movement can continue trending in an upward direction. Thank you very much for your support. I am super stoked, super stoked uh, for this episode here. Uh, Pat McNamara, he is an unbelievable motivational individual. You're going to love it. Get your paper, get your pen out and start writing because he's going to blow you away. Here we go. Pat, welcome to the Man of War podcast. Man, it is an honor to have you on. First off, thank you for your service. Right on. I am, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Man, I've been following you a long time now. You are an inspiration. You're a badass motherfucker. I love how you are black and white. You say it how it is without fucking worrying about being politically correct. In my book, man, you're a warrior in all aspects. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, I am a retired military guy. I did 22 years uh, in uh, it was all special ops time. I was very fortunate in that it was all special ops. I joined the military as a what they call an SF baby. So it's, for those who know it, it's the old, the old x-ray program. Um, and I spent uh, a few years in a regular white SF unit. And then uh, I had a couple really cool Cold War jobs. Uh, once again, just super, super lucky fell into those. And then, uh, once the, uh, once the wall came down in Berlin and reunification, everybody was happy, happy. Uh, I went to, um, uh, USASOC to the uh, unit selection and, uh, was made it here to Fort Bragg where I, uh, I served 13 years in a, uh, tier one, uh, uh special ops unit and then I retired in 05. And I've been working under my own banner now since uh, since uh, 2010. So, Pat, I imagine being a Delta Force operator, you built a tremendous amount of internal fortitude, a warrior spirit, a warrior mindset 
Tell us about that. Yeah, it was it was a real honor. You know, the guys I worked with when I was there, um, I mean, I was inspired daily by them. I never worked in a place where I had to struggle to be mediocre for so long. (laughs) Black and white, no gray areas with you. I love it, man. So talk to me a little bit about what your mindset was when you left the military, when you became a firearms instructor, was that something that you always wanted to do? Was it something that you were thinking about prior to leaving the military, um, you know, serving others and helping others the way that you're doing now? Well, um, my last couple of years uh, serving in the unit, I, I worked as a, uh, as an OTC instructor, uh, so the operator trainers course. And then um, I got, pretty involved with uh, USPSA and, and IPSC shooting. And not only that, but uh, national match course to fire. A lot of people don't even know what that is, but uh, so I got into national match as well. And then I won the um, 2004 uh, all army small arms championship. Um, so I, I learned that I had a knack for, uh, for relaying and it, for relaying information that was palatable to the intended recipient. And I, I, uh, I, I wanted to get into that field when I retired and without even looking, somebody asked me, I had a, uh, a corporation, uh, who asked me to, uh, to join them to help build the, uh, the AWG, the asymmetric warfare group. Uh, so I did that for four years. Um, so it's almost nearly the, uh, the day I retired, I started, uh, I started training folks. I want to know what it was like, you know, maybe 20 years ago in comparison to what it is today. As far as the student mindset, the way that the student thinks, um, I can tell you from my point of view, uh, at least for the last 13, 14 years, I've seen a tremendous shift and a tremendous difference between a student, say, 10 years, 12 years ago versus a student that I have today. I mean, and I've traveled all over the world. I've met infinite amount of individuals, both from the military and law enforcement, security, all that. And, uh, you know, a big difference, I mean, from a mindset perspective and certainly from what they want to get out of a course Tell me a little bit about that. Um, there, there is a huge difference. However, a lot of folks, and you've probably seen this, are still stuck in a rut. They're they're um, living in a world that's wrapped around an anachronism, where they're um, they're abiding by institutional inbreeding. It's a it's a it's a, a term I coined when I went and uh, observed um, uh, some federal law law enforcement training, and um, so a lot of folks are still living in that world. They're living um, and working uh, with uh, from folks who taught them, who, who got taught stuff in the 60s and 70s, and it, and it doesn't fit the format today, um, but they're still living in that world and teaching a lot of the same stuff. Now, that's, that's not, you know, uh, full spectrum, of course, because... Um, I mean, we've come a long way, like you mentioned, I mean, a, 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 a real long way as far as what we're doing, the gear we're using, how we're training, how we're using it, uh, TTPs, SOPs, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we've come a long way, but I'm sure you've seen it. There are a lot of people are still stuck in a rut. You know, they're caught in flat range mindset, living in that flat range mindset uh, uh, mentality. Yeah, that's a great point because I'll tell you what, as I have evolved, I mean, the range now has become 360 peripheral. I mean, we have a universal look. It's left, right, forward, back, and 45-degree angles go both forward and back 
everything is in play. Now, um, what I have seen, though, I don't know if, if you agree with me here, but it's, you know, the showiness the uh, on YouTube, these, you know, we, weird movements, for lack of a better word, that instructors have maybe, um, you know, created themselves. Maybe they've seen it somewhere. Who knows? But the bottom line is that I want to know if shit's practical. I want to know if shit is effective. If it works in the battlefield, I'm going to integrated into my toolbox i'm going to use it to teach but what i see here is just a lot of showiness um and you know give me your input on that right and and a lot i, I call that uh gizmos good gimmicks and gadgets um if some everybody wants to uh put their name on some kind of technique or, or tactic and um and if they're a good salesman they'll be able to sell it they'll push it and they'll be able to sell it and what i have to do um, is unfuck that. Uh, I, I, I'll run into a lot of agencies, military units that were taught something by someone at somewhere down the road, and he was a, he was he was able to sell that based on. And sometimes it's based on um, not even real world application stuff. Sometimes it's based on um, RBT, reality based training. Well, we discovered this in reality based training, so therefore this technique is going to be useful in uh, a combat situation, which is absolute freaking horseshit. You know, it's gotta be validated on the, on the ground. You can't, you, you, you can't sell a technique as useful and practical just because it works in RBT because RBT isn't, um, it isn't, it isn't foolproof. I mean, sure, sure. We're, we're human beings and we cannot replicate, you know, the, the same pressures as a gunfight. Uh, and we, we cannot, RBT, the success or failure of RBT depends on how well that particular role player acts out his, his role. Uh, and that takes years and years of, of training, you know, to be that uh, role player to ensure that the training is going to be sufficient enough so that um, the technique or the tactic or the gizmo or the gadget is going to be uh, validated thoroughly enough to ensure that it is going to be used successfully in a combat situation. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. But um, there's so many, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, I, you've probably heard my soapbox uh, stance on a lot of these things, for instance, like the, um, you've probably heard my soapbox rant on um, uh, range theatrics, for example. Right. Right. So there's so much of that crap out there. It's ridiculous. And I'll ask the guy, I say, hey, what are you doing now? I know what he's doing. I know what he's doing. But I'm gonna ask sure. him, what, you, what is that thing that you're doing? And he'll explain it to me. I sure. said, does that make sense to you? He goes, well, yeah, because in the academy we were taught this, or we had this instructor who taught this, and it right, 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 right. I said, well, does it make sense because that guy told you that it makes sense, or does it make sense to you? And I've got tons of examples of those. Um, but once I get him thinking about it, and I put him into some different scenarios he'll start to wonder, hmm, I wonder if that really does make sense. I said, hey, how about right now we worry about <clears throat> good footing, proper bullet placement, uh, working under pressure, and uh, making dis discerning and discriminating uh, shots. How about right now we just do that and leave the range theatrics aside. Once we become masters, absolute masters, at being able to discern, discriminate, uh, it hit a hit a uh, a target with absolute proper bullet placement every single time. Every single time, 
regardless of the distance, how fast we're moving, the, uh, the, the if the conditions are adverse, then let's then let's throw in some range theatrics. Spot on. So talk to me a little bit about scanning and assessing. I read somewhere that you were not in agreement with that. It's not that I'm not in agreement with it. It's how it is done. The thing is, I don't know if you know where that was born, but it was born in uh, like SWAT operator courses. Yes. To, to ensure that, to get guys out of that tunnel vision. You know, because, you know, CQB is freaking tough, man. It's, a, it's my favorite team sport, and it's a very hard team sport to play. And not everybody's cut out for CQB. I call CQB an adaptability exercise, and I like to define adaptability as using your existing knowledge to have a positive response to emerging situations. Not everybody is cut out for critical thinking. So you get those guys, let's say four or five guys in a room, and they've just fired their first live shots in a room, maybe, you know, somewhat close quarters to one another, a lot of guys are looking through that straw. So for the SWAT operator courses at the instructor level to get guys out of that tunnel vision, they would say, Hey, finger off the trigger weapon on safe and then scan and assess, look around. So that way you're doing something after you fired those shots just to get you out of tunnel vision. Otherwise they're just looking through their sights the whole time and they're froze up. Um, but what that, I'm not going to say evolved. I'm going to say devolved to is guys doing that on the range. <clears throat> so you have flat range where guys are firing a couple shots. It's very robotic, boom, boom, and then snatching the pistol back and then turning their head left to right. And they call it a scan and assess. But the thing is, I mean, I've scanned and assessed before, but the gun has always gone with me. I mean, you got a light on your gun and stuff like that. Not only that, but I've probably turned. And guys will say, well, I can't do that at a flat range because I'm going to flag the guys left or right of me. It's like, all right, well, don't fucking do it then. Scan, if you're going to scan, maybe first scan your target. I call that checking your work through your sights, right? That's one of these train like you fight uh, uh, isms for me. That's what train like you fight means. First off, check your work through your sights. Maybe scan the target left or right of your target. Once the, you know, once the gun is in the holster, yeah, you could look around and stuff like that. But if you're going to scan and assess, that gun's got to go with you. And I am in 100% agreement with you. Uh, going back 10, 12 years ago, I was guilty of that also. Um, what I see now, more importantly, is, you know, like you said, you know, people taking shots, bang, bang, and then coming back to a compress ready, uh, then scanning uh, without the gun. Um, in my opinion, uh, you're spot on. I mean, it is important to have that gun pointing in the direction of where you're scanning because I believe, and I'm a very firm believer of this, that my eyes are going to pick up something much faster that I'm going to be able to move my body to, move my hands to, move the gun to. So um, it is it is a very important concept to keep that gun wherever the fuck you're scanning. You know, it's never going to look as pretty as it does in a range. The reality is that a gunfight is between five and seven yards, and when the shit hits the fan, you better scan with that gun pointed in the direction that you're looking because anything could pop off at any time. And I'm a big believer, Pat. I don't know if you agree with me here, but fucking holster reluctantly. I mean, you can draw that gun as fast as you fucking can with monster necessity, right? You got to have that necessity behind wherever you're at. Something is happening now. It's imminent. You better get that gun out because be, without that having that gun out, you're not going to be able to play shit. So it's getting that gun out because you have a monster necessity and then fucking placing that round on target to be able to neutralize and fucking stop the threat right then and there. Now, issue here is that 
even at the five or seven yard range, people don't train enough. And you, you, know, you made a great point earlier that you have to hone your marksmanship skills. You have to learn how to crawl first. You have to learn through baby steps. And you talked about slow motion. I love that because it is absolutely true. Most people, even at the five, seven yard range, whenever the shit hits the fan or where they're, when they're in, under severe stress, they miss that first shot. It's a scientific fact. I mean, it, it's, it's proven through statistics. So, you know, we got to hone our skills much more before we get into doing these range theatrics, as you stated earlier. You know, on another note, listen, I'm all about shooting from angles. I'm a big believer in angles. As a matter of fact, I was criticized, you know, a decade ago because I was teaching individuals how to shoot from the ground, how to roll in their stomach and shoot different platforms, how to get up and fight. I mean, and now it seems like that is, you know, a very normal thing to do, but I never taught it as a mainframe. Ideally, you know, you teach this, you know, later on, right? Later on, like you said, I mean, you got to get the fundamentals of gunfighting down first, first and foremost. Unfortunately, we have many of these instructors out there that are teaching, you know, these, you know, pretty boy tactics and pretty boy techniques from day one. And as far as fundamentals go, out the door. So my question here is this, I mean, why do you think that is? I mean, is it because they want to sell more? Because they want to, you know, I, I, you know, I believe probably be cooler on YouTube and whatever, but the reality is they're, they're doing a disservice. They probably heard it from somebody else. And and it made, it was logical when they heard it. You know, it was extremely logical. It's like, damn, man, that makes good sense. That makes good sense. It, now they bought into that. Hey guys, just a quick break in the action. I want to remind you to stop by the Warrior Development Academy where we have hundreds of warrior-minded men that are transforming their lives as we speak. This is a community of warriors. It is an absolutely phenomenal way to start setting you walking the warrior's path. You will be held accountable. You will have everything in front of you from online training sessions to resources to interaction with me interaction with a bunch of different war dev coaches and more importantly interaction with other brothers i am constantly updating the material adding new resources adding new videos new podcasts new webinars i mean it is just filled with new material nearly every single week go check it out at forgingawarrior.com. Remember right now, if you're a podcast listener, you're going to get two weeks for free. Forgingawarrior.com. Also, go watch our documentary. You're going to love it at forgingawarrior.com forward slash warrior film. Don't forget to follow our new Instagram account at man of war with two R's. Let's get back to the show. <laughs> And because they bought into it, they've got, now they've got some ownership there. So they're right. going to sell as, as, as their own now. And, the, and if they're a good salesman, they're going to sell it to other people. And other people are going to say, you know what? That's fucking, that makes good fucking sense, man. I've got to look around. Now, I'm not saying that you're never going to look around. I mean, Walmart parking lot, which I call the, the epicenter for disaster planning. If I have a shootout <laughs> in a Walmart parking lot, I, I'm going to freaking first make sure that guy's down and I'm damn sure going to turn around, but the gun's going to go with me. 
Sure. You know, I'm going to look around with that gun, and um, um, but I'm going to first check my work through my sights. Um, but the reason I, I think I answered your question, but I'm going to take it another step further because there's another one out there that that drives me crazy. <laughs> this is fucking funny as shit. Is this one right here where a guy will shoot boom, 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 and then drop his gun slowly? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of guys on the range who do that. And a lot of times they're LEOs. And now I know what they're doing, but I'm going to ask them, hey, what are you doing? What's this right here? Boom, boom. And that right there. So, well, I'm following the target to the ground. And I'll look at their target and I'll go, but your target didn't fall to the ground. Your target's still standing up. I say, oh, well, you know, I'm replicating that's a human. I said, but a human doesn't fall like that when you shoot him. Sure. He falls, you know, yeah, fucking all over the place. Probably, probably off ten yards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's 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 not going to fall in slow motion. I swear to God, he's not. And straight down, probably, absolutely not. What if he's down a flight of stairs? Are you going to freaking go boom boom and then push the gun between your legs? What if he's in a freaking car? What if he's up on a shelf? It's not going to work. That way. Yeah, it's not going to fucking work that way. <laughs> so. <clears throat> What agitates me is not so much that the range theatrics are involved. It's that guys are putting range theatrics ahead of um, tactical necessity and um, uh, doing what is uh, prudent at the moment. For instance, let's take those two shots, boom, boom, whatever. It could be six shots, boom, 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 boom. The first thing you have to do is stay on the sights and reset that trigger. That's the first thing. You got to check your work to your sights. So what irks me is that guys are going boom, 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 snatching their finger off and then snatching the gun back. It's like, dude, I don't mind if you, if, if scanning and assessing looks freaking good to you, if it makes sense, do it. But first and foremost, um, number one is train like you fight. Check your fucking work to your sights, reset the trigger, get ready for another shot. Then if you want to go into theater, I don't give a fuck if you, if you, um, you know, uh, adjust your freaking tie or some shit or whatever you think <laughs> yeah. is yeah. necessary. Uh, but, but first and foremost, you know, you, you've got to train like, train like you fight. And I use that a lot, train like you fight, uh, only because so many people use it wrong. All right, so talk to me a little bit about trigger reset. Do you believe, in your opinion, that when the shit hits the fan and when we are under severe stress, that we're going to be able to resort back to trigger reset? Or do you think that we're going to go right back to slapping the trigger? Um, in, in, um, I, I, I've got a lot to say about that. <clears throat> You're going to uh, perform the same way that you that you train now it takes a lot of freaking perfect meaningful repetitions in order to do something correctly um i do not think that if a guy is extremely freaking serious about his training works hard on the range and works under pressure works with people watching him maybe does some competition on the sides i i i don't think that he's going to slap the fuck out of the trigger um, I think that it's going to be boom, 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 you know, very little finger movement with that, with that carbine, same with the pistol. Now, what he's not going to do, however, <clears throat> he's not going to feel the reset in between every shot. Like there's some guys who say, Hey, you got to reset it during recoil. It's like, what in the fuck are you talking about, man? It's got to be millions of freaking repetitions to be able to reset it during freaking recoil. Um, I'm just a proponent of 
doing everything in slow motion because it's the way a professional athlete trains. And if you're a professional, let's say gunfighter, if you're an LEO uh, or military guy, you're basically, um, you consider yourself a professional athlete because you're, you're working in a profession with a team of guys and everybody's got a, a purpose. Everybody's got a, uh, uh, a mission. Uh, and if one guy fucks something up, it's not broken if the other guy can fix it because it's a team sport. So why shouldn't it, why shouldn't we train just like a professional athlete does a professional athlete? They, they swallow the hard pill. You know, we guys are very good at practicing what we're good at a professional athlete through coaching and mentoring. Of course, he's not going to probably sure, do it on his sure. own. He's going to be told, Hey, all right, now that we've done all these reps, you're going to go at one quarter speed, one quarter speed <clears throat> or, and that's could be a, um, not even, let's say, professional musician, um, professional, whatever it is, you know, they're going to, they're going to go at, uh, at half speed. So I'm a big proponent of working slow motion, meaningful repetitions until we can engrave that repetition into our hard drive so that it can be accessed at a, in, at an intuitive or subconscious level. And real important for me to be able to access skills at a subconscious level, because the thing is, we human beings, we are not multitaskers. We cannot perform two tasks, cognitive thought at the same time. We can task switch, task uh, um, stack or perform certain tasks intuitively, but you can't perform those tasks intuitively until you perform the appropriate amount of meaningful repetitions. <clears throat> so I know that really didn't, it, it sort of answered that question, um, but I, I don't think if a guy trains correctly that he is going to haphazardly slap the fuck out of the trigger because he also knows that he is not in the business of indiscriminate fire. And if you're slapping the fuck out of that trigger, that can be a lawsuit for an LEO. Sure. No doubt about it, man. No doubt I mean, about there's, a, there's a fucking lawsuit attached to every round he fires. So um, as soon as you start going crazy on that trigger, you know you're going to throw shots because you've done it on the range. We've all done it on the range. We've seen it. Even at seven yards, you know, we're throwing shots into the freaking, into the D zone at seven yards on an Ipsic target because guys are freaking bah, 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 spraying and praying. Some great points there. Let's shift hats here and let's talk about the warrior mindset. You know, the type of mindset that will have you step up and be successful in all aspects of your life, not just being a good gunfighter, but being an all-around good, straight-up warrior? Um, I think I think it's something that needs to be developed. Not everybody has it. Uh, and, and speaking of that, I don't think – I think that we have to be born with that, with a little bit of, uh, with a little bit of fire. Um, because you can't – if, if, if the flame isn't there to start or the, let's say the ember, if the ember isn't there to start, there's nothing, nothing there that we could put tinder and kindling on. If the ember is there, then we could, we could put that tinder, put that kindling on it, and then we could start honing that, right? We could make a flame until that flame becomes uh, a perpetual, you know, it becomes totally. self-sustaining. Um, but if we have that ember and if it's not nurtured and if it's not mentored, um, then it's just going to, it's just, it's going to either remain or fizzle out. So I think initially there has to be an ember. I don't think you could take anybody and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, um, 
etch this guy uh, out of this freaking stone and make him into this freaking warrior that has this incredible warrior mindset. It ain't going to freaking happen with everybody. Something has to be there. Something has to be present. Um, and then there have to be, I think there have to be milestones, you know, in a guy's life. Um, hardships, milestones, and a lot of freaking failure. Um, but when, when we have that failure, the guy has to accept that, you know, we human beings, it's a biological requirement that we fail. But when we do fail, we need to learn from the past, prepare for the future, perform in the present. We have to be able to fail quickly. And so not spend this much time failing, spend that much time failing. Get the fuck over it, water off of a duck's ass. If we allow that failure to become a recurring theme, that's a red flag issue. The guy is probably untrainable. He probably doesn't have that kind of uh, mindset to begin with. Um, I think that mindset is always, and, and here's the thing. Mindset can be loosely defined in a hundred different freaking ways. Um, What it means to me and you can mean something completely different to the, uh, to the director at the botanical gardens in Fayetteville, North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's a little bit ambiguous in nature, you know, mindset. What does that mean? So, um, uh, but, but if that guy has it right, if, if that Amber is there, it, it needs to be, um, nurtured mentored and um and cultivated he has to endure suck you know suck fest he has to um uh have uh his fair fail fair share of failures but also his fair share of successes as well because he can't be just strung out with freak failures once he learns from that failure and builds a success off of that Damn, man, that does a lot for that ego, for that mindset. You know, it's like, fuck, I fucked that up. I learned from it, and I kicked that in its ass the second time through. And the more of those successes you have, the more of those personal successes you have, the more, the the stronger and the more galvanized that mindset becomes, where nothing can stand in your way. You know, I, I, I think, like, for me now, I've been out of the tactical world for a long time, but I still wake up every day thinking I could do anything better than anybody, which is not fucking true. But the thing is, I love to be presented with a challenge. And in my mind, that's, that's what I'm hearing. Everything's a competition and I could do anything better than anybody else. And if I am presented with that challenge, if I learn that it's not true, I'm going to work real freaking hard, either fake it or, um, or smoke that particular task and do the best at that particular task that I can do with what I have. So Pat, how do you keep your fire burning? I mean, you go out there and you're posting every single day on Instagram. You have hundreds of thousands of followers that you motivate, that you inspire. I mean, you embody that warrior life. You embody that warrior archetype. You're in the cutting edge. I mean, talk to me a little bit about that how you can sustain that, how you can sustain that fire in your gut. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'll be 53 in March. Damn. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, when I retired from the military, I retired with four reconstructive surgeries and 13 broken bones. So most people could write it off, you know, and it could be acceptable. It's like, dude, I freaking did my time. I did 22 years of freaking ground pounding and I'm all broken up. Um, now, I, 
fortunately, I started about 10 years prior to retiring uh, working outright correctly. Um, now it's habitual. It's a way of life. I have to. Not only that, that, that being habitual coupled with um, people. People fire me up because I'm firing them up. What motivates a motivator? Tell, tell them that you're motivating them. Um, and so now I, and I love this though. It's good. I have an obligation, right? So those who are following me, I have an obligation to them to freaking kick ass every day. Um, you may say it's a, it's all, it's almost like a calling now. You know, it's my calling to fire people the fuck up, to have them mitigate excuses, uh, get off their asses, uh, work hard, train hard. Uh, be a good person because that's innate in a human being. I think being a good person is, 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 is a quality that we are all born with and that we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't neglect. Um, but, but what fires me up is the fact that I'm firing other people. Up. <laughs> I know it's corny. It's kind of a vicious cycle of events, but if I weren't firing other people up, uh, I, I don't think I would be as motivated. Sure, you know, to, makes uh, sense to work and train as hard. But man, every day I get letters, emails from people. Every day from all from I'm talking all over the globe now. Um, they're asking or sending me anecdotals about um, what I have done for them and um, how I have helped them either get through some kind of arduous task or fight through uh, personal adversity and. Man, I'm, I am humbled and honored. I swear to God, that shit humbles and honors me. But it's every day. I, at least once every day I'm getting, and I'm talking like a three-paragraph note on what I did for this particular guy. So, man, that's like my J-O-B. You know, that's an honor. To be, to be in that position is a freaking Hell yeah. honor. Hell yeah. Um, so, so I, here's the other thing. Um, I'm also a metalhead, and that fires me up. <laughs> <laughs> love it man. Um, love it and the other thing hold on what, what was I, what was i gonna say i had you're a badass uh guitar player mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> well i think it well i could jam my ass off guitar and drums and uh yeah yep <clears throat> i love doing that stuff but um yeah so i'm i'm obligated and i get fired up from those who i fire up so I appreciate it being a calling and an obligation and it's almost like a, a duty. Uh, you know, I get up every day thinking to myself, if I clone myself yesterday, can I kick my clones ass tomorrow? You know, what can I do to make an incremental improvement to my combat chassis? What can I do today? All right, Pat. So we're going to dig deep here. I want to know what your morning ritual is like. Every successful man and every warrior-minded man out there has a morning ritual. What's yours? Well, it starts before that. It starts before I go to bed. And I think it's real important. And I just wrote this in an, in an article. I write for several different magazines. But I think it's important to go to bed with a positive thought about the next day. Either, and it could, it could be something grandiose, like I'm going to start writing a book tomorrow. It could be as simple as I'm going to make the best bacon that anybody's ever had tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. you know, it could be as simple as that. 
It could be looking forward to having a cup of coffee with your wife, but look forward to the morning, you know, so you get up and figure, oh, that, I got to make that cup of coffee. It's got to be the perfect cup of coffee for my wife with a couple crispy strips of bacon. So now, you know, you, 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 you were at peace, you know, thinking about something positive for the next day. Um, so mine starts the day before where I have to play out day. I got a lot of shit going on and a lot of it is boring admin stuff, but I could look forward to that. I could say, man, I'm going to plan out the day. I'm going to get up. I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to feed the chickens. I'm going to walk the dogs. Um, you know, just kind of go down the list of things. And cause at 1030, I want all this shit done so I can go work out with impunity. What am I going to do? What, what kind of workout am I going to do? Well, yesterday I did power. Hey, I do strength tomorrow. The last time I um, squatted, I did, you know, 405 deep squats for five reps. So tomorrow maybe I could do six or add a couple more pounds to that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow. So, you know, you've already kind of built the day's events somewhat the day before. So I don't like to wake up in the morning and think, what the fuck am I going to do today? You know, or how am I going to plan out the day's events? I think it's, you could, there's some real solace in sleeping uh, comfortably uh, by planning out the day's events or not just planning out the day's events, but looking forward to it. It can't be bleak thoughts. It can't be, oh, fuck, tomorrow I got a ton of admin shit. That's going to suck. But you know what? I'm going to knock my admin shit out early. That way I could freaking attack my workout and then go to the range and then maybe freaking do some more admin shit and write three more articles. So that way at six o'clock I could power slam three pints of IPA. <laughs> that is awesome, man. That is how warriors live. That is how warriors think. And, you know, the fact that you're getting structured for the day ahead, you know, prior that evening, I mean, that is Man, that is everything I preach, right? You visualize, you focus on the next day, you write some notes, whatever it might be, however your system is working for you. But being organized and prepared for tomorrow, man, that is all about living that warrior lifestyle. All right, so we're going to dive in here. And I want to talk a little bit about our society. I call it a pussyfoot society, a society that is constantly flatlining and you have men walking literally with their head down, working nine to five, living paycheck to paycheck with no fire in their gut. I mean, you might have noticed this even with people attending your courses. Let me get your thoughts on this. Well, <clears throat> um, not so much the people coming into my courses because, you know, they're volunteering and paying. So they're already, they already have that mindset and they already want to be something more than than another member of the millennial generation. So not so much with the people that come to my courses. Um, but, I, but, but we all see it everywhere around us. I mean, it's, it's ubiquitous. You know, salenterates, that's a good, <laughs> spineless ones. <clears throat> they're, they're everywhere. Um, and I... I worry. I worry about it. You know, I worry about, um, for instance, the ranks of uh, future LEOs or the ranks of the military, because you know the button pushing generation is is flaccid and and feeble, and you know they they can't uh, 
cook a meal or change a tire or yield an, wield an ax or um, uh, they have, they're lacking basic primal skills. And a lot of folks even relinquish their, their primal uh, survival mechanisms. You know, um, even let's say guys who you think are, you know, have a, have a warrior mindset. I'll, I'll sit down with them somewhere and they're oblivious to their surroundings because they're in a 45 degree syndrome, you know, staring at their phones. And I'm looking at a guy and I'm going, holy fuck, I thought this guy was squared away, but he's been on his phone forever with no freaking concept to what's around him. None. Not only that, but he's wearing fucking flip flops. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, it, blow, it blows my mind sometimes. Because you know? I'll have a preconceived uh, notion about an individual thinking, yeah, this guy's probably got his shit together. And then I realize that, you know, he's got no CCW. He doesn't trade on his own. Uh, the tattoos are all for show. Uh, he's got pretty muscle. He He's a... Um, uh, pseudo fit, you know, pseudo yeah. fit guy, <clears throat> where, you know, he, he goes to the gym and works on pretty muscles instead of functionality. So, um, I think the big difference between, because there was guys like that when I was growing up too, but the big difference now is that we're so connected that we're disconnected, you know, on devices and shit like that. So guys are kind of oblivious to their surroundings. Uh, and uh, they're myopic. So my two cents, basically, I'm seeing a huge rise in emasculation, and I'm also seeing a sharp decrease in warrior-minded men, in that fighting spirit, in that warrior spirit. Men like yourself that own their pay dirt, right, that own up every single day are few and far between, less than fucking 1% out there. Men that could go out there and walk the walk. We need leaders. We need people that are going to lead by example, like yourself. You're going out there and you're owning it every fucking day. You don't talk too much, but you're showing up, man. You're there. People can see, and that's that. They know Mac is on Instagram. You can see it every fucking day. And I love that because it is absolutely showing that you have a life of purpose and you have a life that you're out there motivating and inspiring others men like yourself man it's definitely very difficult to come by yeah i appreciate it and and once again i cannot tell you how how humbled and honored i am uh you know when i get notes from these guys and like i said it's all over the world it's not just the country but it's it's worldwide um on that note about uh bringing the warrior or men back to men. Uh, my wife completely understands that she's a, she's a fucking rock star. <clears throat> I had it in the military, but I don't have it now where, but it's necessary. I say, Hey, at least a couple times a year, I have to be a little cold, a little tired, a little hungry and a little scared, you know? So I need to go out in, in deep into the woods for days on end or whatever it is. And, uh, just reconnect with that, you know, that primal side, completely disconnected off the grid. Um, and I don't think enough guys do that. And then also to the working out thing, one of the, one of the things I was going to mention is when guys work out, they have to keep this in mind. There's four reasons why we should work out. Number one, self-preservation, longevity. Number two, saving your own life. Number three, be Batman, save somebody else's life. Number four, kicking somebody's ass. 
Fucking love it. Yeah, so that's the re- those are the reasons right there. If you're working out for other reasons, then um, like for vanity, it's, it's pseudo fit. Pat, I see that you do a lot of different types of functional fitness. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, I've got my own program called Combat Strength Training. I got a website and an ebook, um, and I started developing it while I was still active, because after I had a couple surgeries and and then watching guys who were you know retiring at 20, 30 years of ground pounding behind them, they were you know basically disposable heroes. I mean, they were barely able to move when they retired, and I did not want to be that way. So I've, I've, um, I've, I've massaged the program for years called combat strength training. And there's a couple simple recipes, number one, and this is kind of a mouthful. So whatever, but I, I tell guys, Hey, you need to work in anaerobic chunks in circuit to near metabolic threshold to meet an aerobic goal. Well, all that is is time management there because one of the big excuses when it comes to working out is time. So 25 to 35 minutes, is all you need if you're doing it right. The thing is, it's simple, but it's not easy. Um, you got to hit it hard. The other thing is, you got to do shit safe because it's fitness. It's not brokenness. If you're going and working out and you're getting hurt, you you're 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 missing something, right? There's a uh, that's a red flag issue. Um, <clears throat> so you got to you got to do stuff smart because you got to think stronger, longer down the road. You know, self-preservation, longevity. That's got to be on the forefront. And, and when I say self-preservation longevity, you got to think this, this too, it, if you, if you're a family man, if you got kids, if you got a wife, you know, you're, you're the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail. You have to be able to protect them for as long as possible. They're counting on you. So stay freaking healthy for as long as you can. Um, and then along with my program, I break the work week down, power day, strength day, speed and quickness day, hypertrophy day. Um, and then try, what I try to do is replicate as many real world movements as possible in the gym or in my garage or on the range. Those real world movements. And what is real world when it comes to movements, when it comes to saving your life, saving somebody else's life or kicking somebody's ass, is doing a lot in the transverse plane. Let's say three planes of motion, frontal, sagittal, transverse. A lot of us live in a sagittalistic environment when we're working out. Everything's this way and this way. Um, but tactically or life-saving, it's all this way. So it's the most important plane of motion, but it's also the most neglected when guys work out. No doubt about it, it's the most neglected. So I'll look at, <clears throat> it could be police videos, it could be firefighters, it could be um, somebody um, helping somebody out of a, a burning car. It could be a UFC fight. Uh, it could be um, a, a, a terrorist act and how people react and what the movements are and then replicate those kind of movements in the, in the gym. You know, whether it's climbing up over a wall or hoisting something with one arm out of a, uh, um, uh, you know, something in depth uh, or, uh find figuring out a, a better way to uh to um build more power in in a left hook uh so I, a lot of what i'm what i'm trying to do is replicate those real world movements in in addition um i do all the boring shit balance uh flexibility proprioception kinesthetic awareness all that boring crap 
Yeah, to me, that's the way to go. I mean, it's your own system and you're basically balancing it out, whether it's for, you know, fighting or firearms or whatever, whatever you're doing is those exercises are specific to that, which I love. It's very, very good. And um, what we see, though, is unfortunately a lot of the physicality that we have coming through even the police academy and uh, new uh, police officers is the fact that um, they do a lot of one-sided aerobics, one-sided lifting, one-sided movements. In other words, it's very specific just to looking good, but absolutely zero functional practicality. I love it when LEOs come to my classes and I have a lot of them. LEOs will come to my class on their own dime and uh, on their own time. Um, and I, I, I thank them. I'm like, dude, man, I, I, all the LEOs I see are badass, <clears throat> but I know I'm only seeing this many of them, um, but they're all badass. And I love that they are seeking out uh, training on their own time and dime to break the bonds of that institutional inbreeding because they're, they are my nation's agents of correction. You know, I, I, they're, I am my own first responder until they get there. And once they get there, man, I'm hoping that they are ready to freaking help me out uh, or help out, you know, just some law abiding citizen. Sure. And, sure. And unless they're, they're training on their own, they're probably not going to be able to do that. You know, they're probably going to be more of a liability than an asset. I'm in agreement here. I mean, I believe that the overall society in general and the new cops that are coming in uh, lack a functional mindset, a functional skill set, uh, a practical skill set, because they are constantly, like I said earlier, working out for looks. And you see that across the board. Uh, I want to say also that I believe a good portion of our police deaths and injuries are caused by the lack of functional training by the lack of good solid training that's why i am a big believer of police officers going outside the agency to train their skill set and uh that's something that i've always been a big believer in all right switching hats here pat who was your mentor growing up uh yeah i i, I had a few i had a couple um pivotal moments in my life um uh, uh, I, I was kind of, um, like a, an ab now sub, below average teenager, as far as like, uh, you know, sports went and stuff like that. I was, I was real subpar. Uh, and I had a, uh, I had to make a change. Um, and it was kind of about it was self-preservation change. I had a uh, I had a brother who tormented me, older brother, and uh, he went when he went to jail the first time. He was there a year and a half. Uh, I knew when he got out that it was going to be bad. Um, so I had a year and a half. Now those were growing years, fifteen to sixteen and a half. And uh, when he got out, I was ready for before he before he went in. I started wrestling. I sucked. I sucked my first two years. <clears throat> but my coach believed in me and everybody knew that my brother went to jail and he said, Hey, you got a, another year and a half of growing here before he gets out. <laughs> so my, my wrestling coach was my first mentor. 
um, because man, I did some growing in those years. So all, I was almost 17 when he got out and I, I ended up fucking him up because he picked a fight with me as soon as he got out. Um, but I ended up fucking him up in front of my parents. Uh, so that was my first one. And then I had several while in the military and without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. There's no fucking way. Uh, because I was an SF baby. So I went through infantry basic training to jump school. I got fucked up in jump school. I was a toe jumper. I, uh, pulled my bicep down on my forearm, dislocated shoulder, broken ribs, uh, concussion. <clears throat> and then had a couple of months of recovery, went to the Q course. I started the SFQ course on my 19th birthday. And, uh, you know, I'm 19, I'm dumber than a freaking brick with a hole in it. Uh, but I had guys there who were like from range battalions or 82nd airborne who had years in, uh, you know, infantry based years in, uh, and they, they saw something in me, that ember, you know? <clears throat> so, um, they took me under their wings and, and a few of them without them, without them, no freaking way I'd be where I am today. Um, so I had, some uh, really good mentors early on in the military and, and throughout my career. I mean, I had great freaking guys throughout the entire, I could list dozens of them. Talk to me a little bit about how you applied the mindset that you learned in the military to being an entrepreneur and branding yourself because, you know, you're doing a great job and more importantly, man, you are unique. You are you. And I, and I tell you, one regret is that I didn't start soon enough. You know, I kind of got, um, sucked into that one job uh when i retired <clears throat> and i didn't i didn't start thinking about you know marketing me as a product until uh until 2010 but what i did do what i started doing when i retired i, I, I was training guys and i was force-fed assistant instructors and they were seeing what i was doing and they were going oh man you really got something going here and they started labeling it and i said that's not what it is you know, you, that's a, that's a false label. This is what it is. So because I couldn't explain it to even my assistant instructors, I wrote that TAPS book, Tactical Application of Practical Shooting. And from there I started making, I thought, you know what? YouTube's a pretty good platform uh, for putting out courses of fire and stuff. So I started slow on that. And, um, and I realized that guys liked it. So what I didn't do when I first started YouTube was, I wasn't myself. I was kind of faking it and, you know, I wasn't inject injecting enough ridiculousness. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so once I started that, you know, the YouTube thing blew up uh, and I started getting a lot of uh, 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 followers on, on YouTube. And um, then I, it wasn't long after where I, where I realized that, you know, the world is your oyster, man. There's a lot of shit we can do out here. I mean, Days are short, but I mean, it, there's, there's, there's still a lot of time to jam into that day, that day. And, and the other thing is I, 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 um, um, I'm not afraid of jamming shit into the pipeline. I mean, I really don't have time to do anything else, um, than what I'm doing, but I mean, you never know when, when shit's going to go South, when, when what you're doing right now, this project is, is going to dry up or fizzle away. So I think the more shit you jam in the pipeline, the better. I mean, not that, not saying that you got that you could take on every task because you're you're one person, you don't have that kind of time, energy, backside support, all that stuff. Uh, but um, I like to keep the possibilities and opportunities 
wide open uh, unless they smell like bullshit and then I'm just going to data dump them. Yeah, so I've got a lot of little stuff going on. You know, I built some DVDs, uh, built the Instagram channel, built the combat strength training uh, program. Um, I'm brand ambassador for a bunch of little stuff, you know, just little things, stuff I believe in, you know, good quality equipment, tools, clothing, that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, what else I got going on? Uh, I'm a co-owner of a, of a MMA gym now. Like I need something else to do. Uh, so I do all my training out of there and help guys, uh, gratis get fit out of that gym. Um, and then I'm writing for two different magazines as well. Damn, you have a lot on your plate, man. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a few things going on. All right, so this is a question that I ask all of my guests. What is your definition of a modern-day warrior? It's a good question. I would like to jot it down. I'm just going to um, probably throw out some words. And I'm, I'm big into brevity, <laughs> believe it or not, even though I'm, I'm long-winded here. But I think one who selflessly, selfless is important, right? Well, a guy's got to be selfless. He, he can't be afraid to fail. Um, he uh, can't be afraid of, of, of fear. And um, he's got to know himself. And he can't, he, he, he can't accept mediocrity. Um, but I wish I could jot it down for you because it's a freaking awesome question. Um, and I'll probably have a perfect answer for you in about an hour from now. <laughs> well, the fact that you said selfless in my book, the bottom line, and everyone knows this, a warrior cannot be a warrior without being selfless because that is, in my opinion, one of the crucial, most important elements that a warrior-minded man, that the modern-day warrior archetype embodies, that selflessness, that giving, that helping others, that extension of hand. I think doing, doing something bigger than yourself is, is so freaking important, you know? Um, yeah, it's, it's huge to me. Speaking of giving of yourself, how important is it for you that your students that come to your courses learn and absorb what you're teaching them i mean is that super is that a major priority for you is that something that that you wholeheartedly believe in yeah. hell hell yeah now i realize <clears throat> and it's twofold some guys are there for the mac show for the theater for my theatrics for my flamboyance you know and all that shit so i give that to them <clears throat> some guys are there for the sports psychology so i give that to them and some guys are there for the, uh, the warrior ethos and also uh, the training methodology. Um, so I make sure that I deliver on all accounts because different guys want different stuff. And then, you know, when I'm talking for the, when I'm being analogous and talking sports psychology and how it lines with, with gunfighting, to some guys I'm feeding caviar to a hog. They're just looking right through me. They just want the Mac show again. They want me to freaking boogies, get you sob, you know, and all that. But um, other guys are taking notes. So I got to make sure that I am, uh, that I am appeasing full spectrum, you know, all of them. But yeah, yeah, I put my heart and soul into it because I appreciate them being there and, uh, and wanting to freaking either learn or 
be entertained. I don't care. I don't care which one it is. So I'm going to throttle it down a little bit here. And I want to know about one of your most difficult struggles of your life. Give me a time in your life where you had to persevere and overcome. Well, uh, all right. Uh, I had a uh, horrible relationship for long, for years. Horrible relationship. I stuck with it because I had kids, which pisses me off when guys do that now. I, because mine was horrible. When guys talk about horrible relationships, um, I, I I feed them a little bit of what, what I went through, and they go, "Oh my God, stop, please! I don't have it that bad." Um, but but I started to capitulate to like darkness, you know, to uh, um, depression. Um, <clears throat> I lived in the bonus room above my garage for almost five years. Um, because I had little kitties. So <clears throat> I had to, um, I had to do that on my own. I, I did not know what was going on with me, but I started drinking a lot. You know, I, I drink now every freaking night, but I wasn't, a, I'm not a drunk. I just enjoy good beer. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, um, uh, so I started falling into depression and, it, it sucked. I wasn't, I was no longer me. You know, I felt me slipping away. <clears throat> so different person was emerging, you know, this, uh, this, I was a shell pretending it, it was all, it was all facade. I was pretending to be Pat Mack, but I wasn't, you know, I felt it. I just wasn't there. Um, so I had to do that on my own. And I just went for a long run one day, just a long ass run. And that's what started it, you know, because when you when you're running, you're able to think well. And it was a it was it was a long run. I, I can't remember, but um, just a long ass jog through the woods. <clears throat> and I got back from that. I said, "All right, I've got to make a I've got to make a change here." But it, it was a little bit. It was gradual, and I was also assisted in that change by my by my local PD because they knew what I was going through. So they gave me also another jump start. They said, hey, you need to get the fuck out of this because um, this shit isn't going to go well for anybody. The kids will adapt. They'll, they'll figure it out. You know, you, you've got to do what's best for everybody, including yourself. But if you're a fucking wreck, it's not going to do anybody any good. <clears throat> so you've got to look out for yourself in order for, to look out for everybody else because you're dwindling away. You're turning into a, a shell of a man. Um, but uh, that's also when I started, uh, I wrote the Sentinel book in 18 hours, my second book. I just sat down at the computer and freaking, yep, wow. nonstop. Yep. Holy <clears throat> shit. Um, well, the thing is, that, you know, the run, thinking about it, thinking, all right, I got to do something. I got to get out of this rut. I got um, to put a rubber band around my neck and snap the fuck out of it. Um, get back into the gym, work out the way I'm supposed to work out, maybe enter some kind of competitions, just find that purpose in life again. Sure. You know, so it started with, you know, all right, getting, getting to working out hard again, staying healthy, um, cleaning up my, my diet, stopping, stopping the excess drinking, uh, working, working the brain, you know, writing that book, all that. But that was, I mean, I, I could fill volumes with that. Matter of fact, it would make a really good horror book. 
Um, <laughs> but it ends with a, it ends with a happy ending too, because <clears throat> now I'm married again, and I I freaking I hit pay dirt. So that's awesome. I could tell right off the bat that you're a happy dude, that you have a lot of passion, a lot of desire, and in the end, you're happy as a pig in shit right now, and that's that's all that matters. So, um, you know, glad to hear, brother. Glad to hear it. Hey, Pat, so let our listeners know how they can reach you and follow you. It's your floor. Well, my my business is uh, T-Max Inc. So that's my website, uh, T-Max Inc. And uh, all my classes, my open enrollment classes can be found on the link there. Uh, I've got several, uh, I don't know, 25 of them posted for this year. And uh, some, some of them are already filled. I've uh, just finished another DVD that'll be out probably in f- next month, maybe. So that's a Sentinel DVD based off my book, Sentinel. Uh, the Sentinel book is how to be the agent in charge of your own executive protection detail. And that can be found either on my store where I'll, where I'll um, sign and personalize it or, you know, any one of the big book vendors, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all that shit. Um, I, uh, my Instagram is TMAX Inc. It's a lot of fun. I try to keep it real. Um, my YouTube channel is Pat Mac. Uh, that's a lot of fun as well. Uh, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to change that up a little bit, only because uh, there's writing. The writing on the wall says that uh, YouTube is, you know, gonna demonetize all the gun stuff. So they've already done it with a few of my vids. Uh, so I'm gonna change it up and do more of the combat strength training stuff there, which is another one of my businesses. That's CombatStrengthTraining.com, and I've got an ebook on there as well. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. That's some great stuff right there, Pat. So for our listeners, I'm going to put the links to his Instagram and to his website and to YouTube on our show notes. So you can go back there and link out right to it. Uh, It's going to be at manofwar.live forward slash M-O-W forward slash 30. Pat, brother, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. You are one inspirational motherfucker, man. You inspire and you motivate our generation. And everything that you're doing for this country is awesome. I thank you for leading by example. And I thank you for being a warrior-minded man that says it like it is. That doesn't ever bullshit around. That I truly respect. All right, my man. Thank you for being on, and we're going to have you on for sure soon here. Rock and roll, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It was, it was a fun hour-ish. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it again. Stay safe out there, brother. Yup. There you have it. What a great conversation with Pat. This guy is a warrior in all aspects. He embodies the warrior spirit, no doubt about it. I hope you were able to get some great information from this show. And more importantly... Now it's time to implement it and integrate it into your life. It is time to step up and take action. All right, before we go, don't forget to stop by the Warrior Development Academy, forgingawarrior.com. Also, pick up the free manual at forgingawarrior.com forward slash manual. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, our new account at Man of War with two R's. Until next time, remember, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory. 